bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way Hello and welcome to episode 156 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja. This podcast is where I share hope stories, all kinds of hope stories, but largely, if you've been a long-term listener, you will know that most of the stories on this show are about people preventing and reversing chronic illness with the help of a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. And this week is yet another one of those wonderful stories My hope is for there to be endless stories because there are endless people around the world who are making the switch to a whole food plant-based diet to reverse their chronic illnesses, to sustainably lose their excess body weight and reach a healthy body weight for their frame and thrive. And I want these stories to be there for everyone and anyone who might need them who is lying awake at home thinking that it's hopeless, that they've tried every diet, that they've talked to every doctor, that they've heard, you know, that drank all the celery juice they can drink and nothing's working. I want them to have these stories, these people's stories, to light their soul, to light their way, to make the darkness light again. So these stories are for everyone. They're for myself. You know, this podcast, honestly... It has helped me so much. It has been such a healing journey for me creating this podcast because each each you know, each week or sometimes sometimes several times a week, I get to speak to truly inspirational people who have done done what many would say would say was the unthinkable and the impossible, which is break their addiction to the standard Australian, American, British, now it almost say it's a global diet of high saturated fats, high animal products, high processed foods, salt, sugars, oils, fats, and refined grains. They've broken the addiction, and it is an addiction, and it's such a challenge. But they have done it, and they're here to tell you that it's not impossible. It's not impossible, and you can do it too. And this is a whole community here. This is a family, this podcast. So you don't have to feel alone anymore now you've found this podcast because all these people are out there. You can find them, follow them. You can you know, find me, follow me. You can work with us. You can message us. You can, we are all your team now. We're all on team you. We all want you to be the next guest on this podcast. We all want you, We all want to hear your future story. We all love you and care for you and we're all rooting for you to make this change and make it successful for yourself and for your life to change from the inside out. When we start putting the right foods in our bodies, our lives change from the inside out. Literally, in, within a week, you will have already begun you know, losing excess weight if you needed to. You'll already feel that brain fog lift. Your constipation and your ugh, IBS will have been healing and changing. Like for me, it was constipation. And so within a week, I was rid of constipation that I'd been plagued with my whole life. There are so many benefits to a whole food plant-based diet. But in saying that, if you start and you're like, oh, I've got 
bloating and gas and I don't feel great, talk to someone, you know, reach out to me and say, Corinne, point me in the direction of a really great plant-based nutritionist or dietitian or, you know, Google them yourself. Find the people who have the answers to your plant-based problems. Don't just ask your mom. Don't ask your friend who's not plant-based. Don't ask your non-plant-based doctor because they'll always say, I think it's because you need to eat meat. Don't ask those people. Ask the people who have been doing it and doing it well for a long time. Dr. Michael Greger, Dr. Joel Kahn, Dr. Joel Furman, Dr. Neil Barnard, Dr. Michael Clapper. Dr. Michael Greger, there are so many people out there. Dr. Malcolm McKay here in here in Melbourne. Please do not ask some person who has never done whole food plant-based how to do whole food plant-based. They don't have the answers for you. So if you want to keep doing whole food plant-based, ask the people who've been succeeding for decades. Message me anytime. I'm happy to help point you in the right direction, find the person. If I can't answer it, I'll be pointing you to all the people that I love that have come on this show who can help you. So please, if you need some help, it's there. Reach out. Okay, Kevin Waters is on the show this week. He is just a wonderful guy. He, his story this week is a whole food plant-based weight loss story. So at Kevin's highest, he weighed 445 pounds and Today he's sharing his journey with you all. Today he's sharing his journey and you can follow him. You can follow Kevin at at 445 to 200. So at number four, number four, five, T-O, 200, so number two, O-O. That's where he is on Instagram. He's lost over 200 pounds. So he's amazing. He's done such an inspirational job and he has so many great tips for you in this episode. I really hope that some of them help you on your own whole food plant-based journey. And here's the ad portion of the show that I'm that I'm now employing. The ad portion of the show is just to say that, yeah, if you are struggling and it's more than just trying to stick to a whole food plant-based diet, you're finding it difficult to stick to a whole food plant-based diet or you're trying to finding it difficult to not stop self-sabotaging or you're finding it just difficult because you're anxious and stressed and comfort eating and all of those things, please message me because I'm now a qualified hypnotherapist and I am absolutely loving the work that I'm doing, supporting people to overcome their addictive behaviors, to talk to their own unconscious minds, to find the roots of the problem and to heal them from within. Time and time again, since I've begun doing this work, I don't even have to mention whole food plant-based eating because once we we pull out all the negative emotions and all of the limiting beliefs and decisions and the the mental challenges and emotional struggles that are keeping people stuck, once we pull them all out with hypnotherapy and hypnosis, people just naturally want to eat a whole food plant-based diet. So if that's you, please, please reach out to me because I absolutely love this work and I'm seeing such tremendous results in my former health coaching clients and my new clients who have been having struggles with maintaining a whole food plant-based diet. Now that they're just finding it much more effortless and easy and that just makes my day because that's what I want for everyone to make this transition effortless and easy for them, for you all. So Reach out if you'd like to work with me. My website is corinnidja.com. You can find information about the hypnotherapy there. It's very basic because I'm just at home homeschooling. So I've just 
amended my website a couple of weeks ago and I haven't been back to look at it. So it's just the bare basics of information. So you just, you're just you going to want to book a free call with me so I can explain the whole process to you and see if it's for you and if you would be interested in it once you've heard all about it from me and just had a chat with me, which would be great. I can also write you an email or send you a text message. It's up to you. There's all the different ways to reach me over on my website or you can reach me on Facebook Messenger or Instagram if you want to learn more about it. But it's just been a life-changing game changer for me. And I know it will be for you too if you need that extra support. So without further ado, please head over to at 445-200 to on Instagram to follow Kevin Waters. And after you've done that, listen to Kevin's story. Thanks for listening. Hello, Kevin, and welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Good. I'm glad to have you all the way from now Washington State. Yes, Stevenson, Washington. Stevenson, Beautiful town. Washington. In the oh, Columbia wow. River Gorge. Sounds lovely, actually. Is it? Is it pretty? It's uh, it's incredibly beautiful. We have the Columbia River. Uh, we're in a gorge basin, so lots of big mountains. Uh, it's really, it's one of the most visited places between Oregon and Washington, right on the Oregon-Washington border. So, Gosh, it sounds lovely. Do you, um, I don't know much about Washington at all. I have to admit complete ignorance, <laughs> complete ignorance. But it sounds really, really nice. Is it one of those places that, is the weather, is the weather nice or is it? It's, it, summers are nice. Uh, winters are harsh. We get about a hundred inches of rain, which I don't know what that is in centimeters or however you'd measure yeah, meters. We, we, we do inches here in rain too. Do you? Okay. So it's about a hundred. We're technically a rainforest, um, but we get most of the rain uh, October through March. And, uh, but then the summers are kind of dry. So, um, and we're within... We're within about 45 minutes of Portland, Oregon. Oh, so. okay. Okay. I actually made a mistake. We actually do our rain in mils, normally millimeters. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just remembered. <laughs> I was thinking, my day, if anyone listens, they'll be like, Kareem, we don't do it in inches. <laughs> but I think my dad does it in inches sometimes. Okay, cool. It sounds really nice. I have to visit it it's if beautiful. we ever get to travel ever again. It'll be my shout if you guys ever come and you can stay in one of my cabins. I oh, promise you'd love it. I would love that. Yeah. You did say you had cabins over there, which sounds really, really lovely as well. I've always wanted to ha mm -hmm. have a cabin somewhere near somewhere beautiful in the United States. Oh, yeah. It's it's gorgeous. And I, I'm i with you. I love uh, I, I love the idea of a cabin and I, I always wanted them. My parents have had them, so... Uh, yeah, they're they're beautiful. Yeah, so nice. Okay, so there's a couple things I wanted to say, well, to touch base on first. And one thing is, how are you going over there at the moment in the pandemic? It's been a little rough. You know, the first the first two months, which was March and April, we basically, my wife and I, uh, stayed home uh, as much as possible. We went to, the only place we went to was Costco. That was once a week. And then I don't know if uh, Australia had this problem, but we had a humongous toilet paper outage here. Oh, yeah, we had that. Yeah. And so thankfully, we were stocked up. <laughs> uh, and there was a couple times I went to Costco and bailed out some friends by getting them uh, toilet paper, which was hilarious. But, uh, you know, for the most part, we've only in my town, uh, we've only had 50 cases since March and we've only had one, 
uh, death. So uh, we feel very fortunate here. Oh, that's really good. So now are you locked down, or are you only let you locked into your state? We're no, we can we can travel abroad uh, in the United States. In fact, a lot of people are flying right now, which I, I kind of think is crazy. But we can we can come and go. There's just a lot of public restrictions. So. Like my wife and I own a wedding venue and we basically can only have ceremonies. We can't have the reception. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. The rules that uh, we've had restaurants are on, uh, they're open, but there's a lot of restrictions there as well. So, uh, and then face masks are required everywhere in public. Okay. I was going to say, can you eat in, in restaurants? Yeah. Okay. Just, just, just mask. Just mask. You have to wear a mask until you get to your table. Yeah. So, uh, so can you believe the world we're in right now? It's just no. <laughs> mind blowing. January. If you had have told me this would be what September would look like, I wouldn't oh. have believed you. No. Uh, Not at all. Yeah. Wow. I'm so glad that your your family's safe and healthy and going along okay. So, so, yeah, we're in lockdown here. Five kilometres we're allowed to go, all face masks all the time. No restaurants to eat in, only takeaway. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Even with the kids, only allowed to exercise for one hour outdoors. So, like, you just... Wow. One hour is all we're allowed outside with our kids. Wow. Unless we're in our garden, but, like, we can't leave for longer than an hour for a walk or anything. So it's pretty, it's pretty rough for little for yeah. their kids because we used to take them before. This has only been two weeks at this level of restriction. We used to be able to just go out at least for a big long hike for the day. And now that was being taken away. And that's been because, you know, I'm kind of saying, well, do I choose my run or time with the children outside? And totally. of course the kids win, but like, I'm like, oh, I really need that for my mental health, that run. <laughs> <laughs> that time alone in nature. Yeah, it's really quite challenging. And I think that there needs to be more spoken about, about that, the toll on people's mental health from all of this, because it is a massive, massive toll, even on people like myself who were traveling along pretty great before all this, you know, after a while, it just the uncertainty and the fear and the and seeming endlessness of it is pretty is pretty tough going. Yeah, no, I agree. I think mental health and uh, health in general, mm. I feel like, is not really being talked about during this uh, episode. So, I think that's I think that's kind of the stuff that I find disturbing is that we do have a pandemic going on, but let's focus on some things that could maybe help out people during the pandemic. Yes, you know? and to help people's bodies to potentially face the virus with, you know, more resilience, such as yeah. supporting our microbiomes with an abundance of plant foods. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> yes. would think that that yes. would be on the on the news, but it's not. It's not on the news. Yeah. No, and that's what's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. Yep, 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 for sure, for sure. Kevin, tell us your story. Now, you're on this show because I like sharing hope stories for people who have either, well, it's becoming a bit more, (laughs) 
I'm talking. I'm being a bit more broad in what that means. Generally, there's probably only five or so episodes, perhaps, that aren't on that topic. On the topic of transforming your life, either from a chronic illness or from obesity, and that is part of my story too. And and many of the guests on this show have shared. And I think when you are living in an overweight or obese body, there are so many. There's so many different so many different hardships about it. And one of them is I don't, I don't want this podcast to shame anyone who is in that body or is still on their journey. Sure. Because it just, it just sucks to be made to feel worse about something that you're already <laughs> very aware sucks anyway, you know? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't help. It doesn't help you put the fork down when someone says, should you be eating that <laughs> you know, or should you be doing that? You're like, no, I shouldn't, obviously, but I can't not. So just shush. Yeah. <laughs> I love sharing stories like this because for me, when I was – obese and for many of the guests on the show when they were obese we needed to hear somebody else share their struggles their challenges and and show us what's possible a, a different solution even when we've given up a thousand times we've fallen off the wagon a thousand times we've late night binged on chips or ice cream a thousand times and every day every monday we've said Today's the day, new person. I'm going to start a juice cleanse. I'm going to do lemon detox. I'm going to go keto. I'm going to do, you know, whatever it is, calorie restriction down to 500 calories a day. Whoa. And and then we've fallen off again because they're all horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're all horrible and they perpetuate the exact binge restrict cycle that we've all done a million times. I just needed stories like these and I know people out there need to hear stories like yours where you have come out the other side. Sure. So, yeah, that, that's why you're here. So, please, start at the beginning <laughs> of your story. Okay. Okay, well, for me, it's a little it's a little different. I uh, I was in high school. I'll, I'll kind of I'll quickly try to go through high school and college, but in high school, I uh, was fairly athletic. I'd struggled with my weight a little bit. I went up and down. Um, I actually, I got up to 290 pounds my freshman year, and I decided to cut out all sugar. And for me, my biggest problem was sugar. And I anything sugary, I just love it. And uh, candy and pop, you know. And... So I lost a hundred pounds uh, by cutting out sugar, and I and I was in all sports. So um, I was in I was a three sport athlete uh, all throughout high school, and then uh, my weight kind of crept up a little bit. I, I gained back another fifty pounds, but I um, by the time I got to college, but I, I kept it pretty consistent. Um, and then my senior year kind of backtracking my, my freshman year of college, my, my dad gave me a homebrew set and my dad was big in homebrew. And so I homebrewed, uh, quite a bit, but I didn't really, uh, make it a, a big deal. I'd homebrew here and there and give it to my professors and stuff. And, uh, but for some reason, uh, my senior year, and I don't know if I was partying more, uh, I, I must've been partying more. Uh, I put on my senior year, I put on probably, oh, 
50 pounds. So I got up to about 310 pounds. And then uh, after I graduated from college, I went on to work uh, at various jobs and my weight yo-yoed quite a bit. And then in 2012, I started a brewery with my family. And when I started that brewery, I weighed 350 pounds. And by then I was feeling, uh, I, I felt like I was just going to be a big guy. I was kind of always labeled a big guy my whole life. So I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a big guy the rest of my life. That's, and, and I didn't even really think about the health uh, side of it. I just thought, you know, I, I feel good. Uh, I was still running at 350 pounds. I mean, I, I was still, I was still, a, I, I carry the weight fairly well in my opinion. So uh, and everyone's always told me that they're like, man, you don't look like you weigh that much. Uh, that's kind of what I've always been told my whole life. So that kind of helped my psyche, you know, as I was like, well, I'm healthy. And so, um, and then fast forward to September of 2018 when my daughter, my first daughter, uh, Lindsay was born. Uh, I weighed right around 450 or 4, 440, somewhere in there. I didn't really weigh myself by then because I was so heavy that I just thought, well, you know, there's no point in weighing myself. Uh, and I was already past the point of refusing to go up a size. If I need to buy a new size clothes, I just go buy it. Um, you know, I'm kind of fortunate in that, that um, I could still fit into 4X gear, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I just, for me, the day that, that I kind of made a decision was, uh, was when my daughter was born. I didn't know how I was going to make that change. I just knew that I needed to make a change because I was sitting there thinking when I held her, I was thinking to myself, I don't know how I'm going to get on a plane with her. I don't know how I'm going to live life with her. I could barely get on the floor. I could, my knees were giving me problems. I had sciatic nerve. I was on a CPAP. I was waking up 88 times a minute uh, when I did my sleep study. Wow. No sleep. Yeah, no sleep. And uh, I was having so many problems. But, you know, to me, they were so subtle. It wasn't like just one day, boom, you're, you've got all these issues. So The frog in the pot, in the pot toad in the pot, isn't that that, that, that yeah. story? <laughs> yeah. You slowly yeah. increase the temperature and they don't know that they're going to be dying. <laughs> they're going to die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and that's, and then that's where I was at. I, uh, it, was about, it was about 10 years of, of really putting on some LBs, some, some weight, and just, it just kind of was a gradual thing. I wouldn't say it was like, yeah, one year I put on 50 pounds and and then the next year, you know, it was none of that. It was just kind of a, it was just kind of a subtle thing. But for me, it was baking, uh, on top of beer, I really could take or leave beer. It wasn't, um, drinking beer though, cranked up me wanting to have junk food. So when I would drink, it, it was like, I was an endless pit of, junk and like all my friends knew i was a junkaholic the other thing was i was a closet junkaholic so i didn't really eat junk in public uh like we'd go out to dinner i'd rarely uh if i was with a bunch of people i'd rarely order dessert or any of that kind of stuff it was more 
I like to bake. So, um, you know, if I'm a brewer, I guess I'm a baker. It was always my joke. So yeah, it was, it was just really, like I said, kind of a gradual thing. And I was kind of my own worst enemy because I knew how to make anything I wanted to. Uh, if I had sugar flour in this house, then I could pretty much figure out how to make something. I have to, I have to admit that that's a problem for me too. Like, you know, I love, I have a sweet tooth and I can bake and my kids are always like, mom, like they like dad's teas the most because dad makes the best dinner time food, but I make the best <laughs> baked goods. And if, I, if there's sugar and flour, I can figure something out. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah, though I wish exactly. I, did, I didn't have that magical alchemy skill. I wish that I... <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I, I would make the stuff and I would, you know, I would eat a whole thing of it and I would just regret it the next day. But it, to me, it was a vicious circle, and I I didn't know how to fix it, and and then I would just have these horrific cravings, and really it was my body shouting at me that I needed nutrients, but I didn't realize that. I thought it was more, I thought it was more that, uh, you know, I was starving, and so I'll just eat a bunch of junk, and then it was, I mean, it's just a vicious, horrible, horrible, vicious circle, mm. you know. Mm. It's when you're talking about it, like. It's something that so so many people are living with that we have this these cravings that we think like people will say to me, yeah, you, know, you see it on pregnancy pages all the time when they when the woman says, you know, I just want to have biscuit or a cake or whatever, and women are like, just eat whatever you want, just be in. You know, eat whatever you want. Just be, constant cheat mode. Yeah, be be intu eat intuitively, and I'm just like, but when you when you've been eating junk food for thirty years, your intuition is the last person that you should be listening to, <laughs> because your whole insides are just pathogenic bacteria <laughs> at this yeah. stage of the game, and they're calling the shots and. That's not your intuition. It's just years of sugar, craving more sugar. You know, bacteria who yeah. like sugar, who are thriving in our sugar bodies, who are craving more sugar. And we're like, oh, no, it's my intuition. You know, I'm just going to listen. She just wants, really wants me to <laughs> mindfully eat a donut right now and then a packet of Tim Tams in 20 minutes. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. I don't think no. she does. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's funny you bring up pregnancy because – my wife, uh, uh, she, she struggled with her weight and, uh, the difference between Lindsay and our second daughter, um, my wife has gone pretty much, she's probably a 70% plant baser. And, uh, the difference in pregnancies was tremendous. I mean, it was totally a different pregnancy because she was eating healthy with our second daughter. So it's amazing. It is. It's amazing. I experienced the same thing with having my second, that it was just so different. Like I didn't gain, well, I didn't gain weight that I wasn't needed, didn't need to gain <laughs> to have a healthy baby. Yeah. I didn't gain that weight. I just gained the healthy amount of weight. And then I, it was, I wasn't so exhausted. I was like, I was still exhausted, but I wasn't, there was just so many benefits that was just night and day. Yeah. Well, and, and my wife, uh, she got back to her pre-pregnancy weight within two and a half weeks and not even trying. I mean, just, just eating plant-based, just, you know, just, just eating healthier, making better options. So, and then the, the difference was, insane i mean she got a carpal tunnel 
on the first pregnancy. She didn't on the second pregnancy. Just so many different things that, um, you know, glucose levels were sky high with the first pregnancy. She still was borderline, so she didn't have to get take all the special stuff. But um, but the second one, her, her levels were at the very low end. So yeah, it's crazy the difference in, in pregnancy of plant-based. So when you do a plant-based diet. So you decided when you were holding your baby that you were like, you know, I need to do something. How did you find this? Cause it's not like this is plastered all over your gym and <laughs> everywhere. It's not, you have to kind of seek it out. How did you find it? So for me, it was, uh, my mom had, she, I, I jokingly, and she's going to listen to this podcast. So, uh, she is a Dr. Furman disciple. She's been a Dr. Furman follower for, uh, eight or 10 years. Last year, she went to a retreat for two weeks or excuse me, for two months with Dr. Furman. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She's big on Dr. Furman. And, uh, <laughs> So she was, and, and my mom, uh, you know, she's had the same issues I've had. Her weight has, has gone up and down and, uh, and she always, she always in the back of her mind, I think has felt that there is a cure for this. Even if, even if you have quote food addiction or you use food as a crutch, there is a cure. And so I think that's what she was always kind of looking for and she found it in plant-based. And so she would always preach to me this plant-based living and, you know, I would sit there. I mean, she would tell me these things while I'm working stupid hours, drinking too much beer. And, you know, and I also jokingly say I was the worst non-alcoholic alcoholic you've ever met because I would drink for a living. But, it, you know, you drink sometimes two to 3,000 calories. And then you've got your mother, who I love dearly, telling me like, you really should look into this plant-based thing. And I'm like, well, we're trying to make this brewery work. So I don't know how I can go plant-based, but drink beer and sell beer and all this stuff. So, but when Lindsay was born, something came over me and and I'm, I'm Catholic. And so I, uh, I started offering up my masses every Sunday and I was, honestly, I prayed a ton, um, and something came over me in December. Uh, I can tell you the day. It was December 15th. And it was just something in my head that said, just try one year. You can do one year. What is one year? Try plant-based for one year. And, you know, I did not know anything. I mean, we're talking all I knew the rule was, was eat fruits and vegetables. I mean, it wasn't like I, like there was no, like, like other than mom telling me, uh, you know, this Dr. Furman's great. He's plant-based. I, I did know some rules. I knew no sugar, no oil, no processed, you know, uh, foods, no dairy, all that stuff. I, I mean, I knew that. And she told me like dairy will kill you. You know, that was, I mean, so, you know, it's just those kind of things, but bless your mom. Yeah. Yeah. So to be honest though, uh, what really did it for me was I crept into it I didn't go 100% plant-based. I probably went 50% plant-based for the first month. And I highly recommend that to people, you know, because people are constantly saying to me, oh my gosh, in the beginning, they'd be like, you can't eat that. I'd be like, I can eat whatever the hell I want. I just know that I've got to keep it within a certain boundary of adding more fruits and vegetables. So yeah, I can eat what I want. You know, I was still eating a little bit of cheese. I I started making this breakfast every morning. I still make it. I had this breakfast this morning. I 
the breakfast is basically uh, it's sweet potatoes, onions, asparagus, red bell pepper, uh, mushrooms, and and I cook it all up in an air fryer, and then I add quinoa to it, and I add salsa to it, and uh, but in the beginning it was all those veggies plus uh, some bacon and some cheese. And, you know, I just told myself, I, I've got to start, I've got to start slowly. I can't just, I can't just go all in. I think it's like a good way to do it for many, many, many people. Yeah. I think because if you're adding in, you're cr- essentially you're crowding out. And the better you feel with all the extra fiber and the extra nutrients, the less, the more you're like, oh, that actually that bacon part of it isn't that nice compared to how the other stuff makes me feel. No, you're absolutely right. And uh, for the sweet tooth cravings, uh, I just told myself because that was really, you know, breakfast, whatever. I, I mean, I didn't really, I knew that I needed that to fill me. So that was the other thing was I, I, I said, well, I know I need this to, to fill me. And so I, um, uh, so I turned at the time, this is just kind of funny pears were in season here. And so I started buying just a ton of pears from Costco. I mean, like bags and bags. I mean, I looked like I was going home to can pears. And there was some days I would, no joke, go through 12 pairs a day. But I knew, I knew that this is what I have to do to fend off my sweet tooth cravings. I did that for about three months. And in the first month, uh, I lost 40 pounds. And that was still eating uh, cheese and bacon. And so... Um, about three months into it, I went, I, one day I ran out of eggs and I went, well, I don't need to add eggs to this. So I just stopped adding eggs. And I go, man, it's, it's still really good. I, I started incorporating black beans and corn. So, so I, so I added black beans and corn and I used just a little bit of cheese for flavor. And then I did that for probably another three or four months. I was still adding cheese to it. But let me tell you, I also looked at this as saying goodbye to that lifestyle. And I think that also was a huge, I told myself, this stuff's been getting me sick. I've had stomach issues for years. I've had back issues for years. I've had um, inflammation problems for years. And I, I mean, my mom had told me enough things to say this cures everything. I mean, that's what she would tell me. That was her. That was her. That was her pitch to me. Was this will cure every one of your problems? And uh, so, yeah, it was. It was just kind of a. It was a slow, slow process. But I. And then I never, you know, like one weekend in March, uh, I drank a bunch, and uh, I think I had a piece of cake, but. You know, I got back on the scale. I checked myself every Monday from from December uh, through June. I checked myself every Monday, and uh, I, I I think I gained five pounds over the weekend or something goofy. And I just looked at myself and I said, "Who cares? You you know the path that you're going. You know eventually you want to be plant 100% plant based. So when you get home on Monday, you're just going to make your breakfast like you always do." And I started really telling myself that I wasn't ever, I, in my mind, and maybe I'm crazy, I really didn't look at myself as addicted. I looked at myself as having bad habits. And once I, once I could sit there and go, I'm craving sugar. I need to go eat some fruit. 
you just have to keep telling yourself that over and over and over again. And eventually it starts clicking that you forget that you even ate junk food. You're just going for the fruit now when you want something sweet. So it was those kind of things that really helped me in the, in the first six months or so. So, uh, and, and by six months in, I'd lost over a hundred pounds I'd lost 105 pounds or something like that. So yeah, it, it was crazy. Wow. That's so incredible. And I think that, it's such a good way of reframing it. I think for many people, when you hear about addiction, you think, well, it's hopeless. I can't do anything about it. You know, like that you feel quite powerless with the language around the word addiction, but then saying I have these bad habits that does feel like it's a manageable, more manageable thing to deal with. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, well, and I also looked at it as, well, in the very beginning, kind of my motivation was, and I mean, I looked at it as addiction. Uh, I, I would sit there and go, uh, if an alcoholic, and I mean, I've known some really good alcoholics coming from the brewing industry who who went cold turkey and never drank again. And and I'm like, what'd you do? Oh, I took up, I took up this, I took up that. It was kind of a recurring theme I heard. Well, I filled my time with this now, and I went, and so then it just kind of started dawning on me that I went, okay, if an alcoholic can quit alcohol, then I can quit sugar. I just am going to need to fill my time better, and I'm going to need to figure out the food to supplement that with. Mm. And once you get that into your psyche, for myself anyway, it helped me tremendously. Because in the past, I'd always go, I'm addicted to sugar. I'm just a crack. I'm just a sugar crack addict, you know, and that's not the truth. In my case, I, I believe that I, uh, now that I'm on a whole food plant-based diet, I don't feel like I, I, I eat far healthier options now. And then probably fruit intake is not as much, nowhere near as much as, you know, my sugar intake was. So yeah, I mean, I just felt like I had to change my habits and it was, it was much easier in my head than telling myself I was addicted and couldn't get off. Yeah. Two things. One was how was it with a, you know, a baby and a wife, <laughs> a wife who's not plant-based initially? Was it a struggle? Because I know a baby is depriving you of sleep most of the time. And so you're tired, but also that having to cook separate meals, having to navigate when your partner perhaps doesn't want to do the same way of eating with you and they're eating the old foods that you used to love? Like how did that go in your household? It's a really good question. When Lindsay was born, I kind of looked at my, my wife and I's life and um, I'd worked so much uh, to get our business off the ground, the brewery off the ground that my wife and I didn't really have any routine. Uh, we had zero routine. Um, it was always me uh, getting up sometimes a lot of times, especially in the beginning, you know, getting up at four thirty, five thirty in the morning and not even seeing her until I got home at, you know, seven or, you know, whatever time it was, uh, that night. And then it was usually me bringing home food from our pub. And so we just didn't really have, I mean, we have the most amazing pizza. We have incredible food at our pub. And, uh, so we just, when Lindsay was born, I just kind of looked at myself and I went, gosh, I, I've got to, I've got to kind of take the reins here. I, I looked at it as a twofold thing. 
I've got to set my wife and I up, but I've also got to set up my daughter because I do not want her to see this. I started looking at food the day she was born as drugs, at least processed food, sugar food, and bad food. So I looked at that and just went, I have to be the change. I have to be the leader of the house when it comes to food. And and eventually, if I keep beating this to death, my wife will join up. And it took it took about six months. And she would eat the breakfast. She started eating the breakfast every morning um, just because, uh, you know, her and I were just so heavy that – and we both worked – my wife worked just as hard as I did on our uh, – on another on our other business and so it was kind of nice for her to have breakfast ready every morning and i knew that i knew that if i could provide breakfast that kind of helped get her day going too so by about the six month mark she got into it and then our daughter um but the biggest thing that i did and i told my wife this i said she's gonna eat plant-based from the minute she's born and she has and uh and that was really important to me because I'm like, if she has the structure and if we're providing the structure and we're being the leaders, then she's not going to go know any different. And we're also not going to shove it down her throat. It's just going to be the way it is. It's, you know, and we go out to breakfast and my, my dad, my, it's so funny. My dad eats pretty much plant-based, but he or he always orders a hot cake and uh, it's got sugar and all the good stuff. And, you know, he'll say, can I, can she have a few bites? And I, of course she can, you know, I don't ever want, I, I just want her to know my goal is by the time she's an adult that she knows the difference in what's healthy and what's not healthy. And she, I pray she makes the right changes. So, you know, to me, it was just, I need, I, I kind of looked at the day she was born as setting us up a new life, a new way of eating in this house. And, uh, and it's stuck now, thank God. So. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So what was a typical day of food like for you before you made the switch? Oh, oh man. So <laughs> give it to question. us. Give it to us. All the, all of the, uh, <laughs> that it is. I'm, I'm a terrible, um, a lot of times I wouldn't eat breakfast. So no breakfast, which I think is pretty common with actually heavy people. So no breakfast. Uh, I would generally work through lunch. Uh, I would maybe eat a sandwich, uh, like a small sandwich. And then my parents next to our uh, brewery, uh, they are a pub. They own a grocery store. And so I could go walk into that grocery store. And a funny joke was my mom one time told me that she thought we had a thief. And I told her, yeah, you do. It's me. going over there and stealing all the junk food out of the junk food section, all all the candy and stuff. So I would, I would honestly go, she's going to kill me when she listens to this because I would honestly go and sometimes, you know, get a six pack of donuts and a couple of candy bars and just eat them through lunch because I'm like, I'm starving. I don't want to make anything. The pub isn't open, whatever, you know, I, I didn't have access to food, so I would eat it. Or I would eat just these horrible salads, you know, covered mayonnaise or whatever. But I look funny. I looked at them. I looked at the salads and all that stuff is not as healthy as the junk food, which I know is just crazy. And uh, 
And and then on top of that, I would probably have two beers at lunch. I'd probably have two beers at dinner, and I'd have a couple more beers before I'd go to bed. So you're also talking about calories on top of calories with beer, you know, 250 calories of beer roughly. And then at dinner, there was sometimes we, we make amazing pizza at our pub, and there's sometimes I would literally eat a whole pizza um, and appetizer. And if the dessert special sounded great that day, of course I'd order that as well. And then I'd bring home a pizza for my wife and I, and maybe I'd have another piece or two off of that. So, um, yeah, it was not a healthy, and it was that for a good seven or eight years of just, yeah, just pure, pure junk. And, you know, like I said, it just seemed, I mean, I'm making it sound like it it was thought out and planned. None of it was thought out and planned. It was just, I'm hungry. Uh, what can I go grab? This is easy. Boom. I'm going to eat that. Yeah. (laughs) There's two voices, one on on each shoulder. I don't know if there's like a, a Seinfeld episode, I think, where he has like the good sign, good Jerry and bad Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) And good, good, good Corinne's like, oh, yuck, that would be awful. You know, your poor body and, and, and bad Corinne's going, that sounds to pizza every, like, I just can't fathom having like, you know, that kind of food, donuts just whenever he wanted in chocolate bars, like little seven-year-old Corinne's like, ooh, I want to live that way. (laughs) But long-term plant-based Corinne's going, that's terrible for your poor body. (laughs) So there's, there's two voices conflicting, conflicting voices in my mind right now. Well, and, and in my past, um, I had an uncle who, who died young, actually, of cancer. Um, and uh, him and my grandfather were two very, very special and meaningful people in my life. But they always got a kick out of how much I could eat. They always fed me junk. And, of course, when we'd go out to eat, they'd always encourage me to get the dessert of the day. And then they'd buy me candy bars. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm um, kidding. They weren't jerks. Sure. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. But, I mean, you know, it was, it was funny because they, uh, to them, it was, a, it was a joke. You know, well, in my head, just something kind of came up there. I thought, I, I kind of thought, this is a treat. This is special, you know. And that, and, and that kind of evolved throughout my life to where I'd say, well, I've had a shitty day. Sorry. I've had a, I've had a bad day. And I deserve this candy bar, I, you know, or I deserve this cheesecake or, you know, I deserve this or this or this. And you kind of get it. I mean, that's a slippery slope, too, where you're like, I feel bad, so I deserve this. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing that so many of us do. We tell, we, we've been given a story when we're children, like it's a reward. You're out with your family. They're having a great time. You know, you you're, like my grandpa used to reward me for getting ready early for school for catch, to catch the bus. The first one, he used to, he had a heart attack and his wife died and he moved into a caravan in our backyard when I was a kid before he got remarried and moved out. But for a while he was living in a caravan in our backyard and he would say, oh, he loved junk food. Oh my gosh. And he would be like, whoever gets up earliest and is ready and, and ready for the bus earliest, We'll get a chocolate bar. 
Okay, you know, a chocolate, a chocolate bar. And if my, my poor, my eldest brother did not. He was super thin, did, wasn't motivated by food like I was. I was highly motivated by food. And my, my middle brother, he had muscular dystrophy, so there was no way he was going to beat me because he couldn't. I, I shouldn't be laughing about But when you're a sibling of someone with a horrible, horrible illness, you know, he could never beat me because I was not didn't have a terminal illness. So I was just at the, fir- the per- first person to get, they got two chocolate bars. So I would be first every day of the week <laughs> and I would get two chocolate bars and I'd get two others from one from each of my brothers. And we that was the, that would have been breakfast for most of us, those two chocolate bars, and then we'd hop on the bus. But then you just do start associating like, Winning against my two brothers, <laughs> getting candy, <laughs> and you just set up this story in your head that every time something yeah, a good thing happens, a candy bar or a chocolate or a donut or a thing or a bad thing happens, more candy bars and chocolates and treats, and it's just very challenging. And the challenge is, I guess, to for me now when I hear that voice, sometimes she still wins. That seven-year-old Corinne's like, this is a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pandemic. All bets are off. And sometimes I go, oh, you're right. It is. You know? But I listen to her about 2% of the time now, whereas it was 2% the good Corinne and 98% seven-year-old Corinne who was just in it for the double chocolate bar. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And that's, that's, that's exactly where I was. And, you know, uh, I never, uh, I still don't blame my, I don't blame my uncle and my grandfather for any of those problems, you know, but, um, it's just something that I think I didn't even kind of, it didn't even kind of come to me that thought until I kind of went plant-based. I would sit there and go, why the heck do I love sugar? Why, why do I love this stuff? You know, I mean, it's, and then I, I kind of fell out of love with sugar, and I'm thank God I did, you know. Yes. So. How have your friends gone with you making this drastic change? Because it's, <laughs> so a, it's a, a killer of friendships. <laughs> it is. So I have a best friend um, who him and I have been best friends since we were 12 years old. And uh, he actually, we worked together at the brewery. He's been... 175 pounds his whole life. Uh, he is, uh, he's always in great shape, works out every day, runs, does push-ups, sit-ups. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, he would make subtle little hints to me like, Hey man, I'm just worried about you, you know? And he'd say, but I don't want to piss you off, you know? And, and, and I, I love him so much that I would, he he had every right to say that stuff to me and i knew he had that right to say to me um and then it was funny when i started this he said to me he goes you're gonna get weird aren't you and i said yeah it's gonna get weird and i and he goes you're gonna get really thin aren't you and i said yeah and he goes damn it i don't like thin kevin because you know i was thin in high school and i when i was thin in high school and college i'm i kind of and I, and I and I'm I'm learning how to deal with it because it's kind of coming back. But I kind of get on edge. I'm I've got so much energy and I want stuff right now. I'm very and then I become this like really type A kind of person. 
And that's kind of, and, it, and it, it's like annoying to myself and probably to my wife too. And then I had a massive amounts of friends in the, uh, in the, in the beer industry. And that, uh, I, so I left the beer industry in June of 2019 and that was the best thing that ever happened to me because I would, I did a lot of selling. I mean, I started the company, but a lot of my stuff that I did was I created the beers and I uh, would go out and have to sell because we were a young company and it was just my best friend and I doing the sales. So we became a top 20 brewery in the state of Washington. And that takes a tr- out of 400 breweries, that takes a lot of work. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Well, thank you. But you know, it was, it was kind of weird. I didn't, uh, I didn't Irish goodbye to the industry because no one would understand this new life I was going on. And I knew that, and I knew that people wouldn't get it. And I've been very vocal now. In fact, the, the group that you found me on, um, I did not, by the way, did not realize how many people were on that group. So I did I, that was, that response was so overwhelming. It was insane. Yes. Forks Over Knives official Facebook page if you're wondering what group we're talking about. Yeah, it was the yeah, the Colin uh T Colin uh Campbell uh page and uh was where I posted the one uh picture of me up. And then I kind of uh after I said goodbye to the industry, I thought let's see who my friends still are. Well, a lot of them are lifelong friends. Um and one of them was a doctor who I who we all grew up with, my best friend, my wife and I grew up with. And she was one of those people that had to talk with me um, when I was on a sales trip one time and I stayed at her house, her and her husband's house, who I actually uh, coincidentally uh, hooked them up together in high school and their high school sweethearts. She just said, you know, I'm so worried about you. You've got to figure this out. And when I went plant-based, I could tell she was, she's really, you know, I could tell she's excited that I've, I've taken it seriously. So I felt like the friends that have been lifelong friends understood and cared about me enough to go, this is what he has to do, you know, and kind of the shorter term friends, they're kind of, they're sadly gone, but I can't live that life anymore. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I definitely think that many of the guests on the show found that many of our lifelong friends, they, They've loved us through it all. There's, there are some intermediate friendships that kind of do fall to the wayside a little bit on this journey. Yeah, yeah. And the ones the ones that uh, were worried about me, they're still friends with me. You know, they're still the ones, you know, if they were shorter term friends, they were, they were ones that, that still really care. And, uh, and I still have a beer, you know. I mean, I still, it's not like I've shut the beer trough off. I still... You know, last weekend I had two beers. Uh, you know, I, I still enjoy a good beer. Uh, you just can't drink 10 of them a day. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Wow. So now, like how much you've, you've from your photos, please head to the show notes to check out the photos of, of Kevin. But from your photos, how much weight have you lost in all now? So, so I've lost uh, – I bounce a little bit around uh, – I'm like in between 216 and 220. So, wow, uh, lost, that's amazing. yeah, like yeah. 200 pounds plus 200 pounds plus. Yeah. And I will admit, and I haven't told this to anybody, but I did gain a little bit of weight when the pandemic hit, I got addicted. I shouldn't say addicted. 
You formed a habit. So, you formed a habit. I formed. I formed a terrible habit of eating these two or three pound bags that Costco makes of dried mangoes. And let me tell you, do not ever buy them. I have, They're not plant-based. I have gained weight with dried mango before. Honestly, oh. it's like it's so addictive. I I have it done is. the same thing. With it was dates. There was a date mango combination that did me. I just like yeah. I just loved them for snacking. You're like, how bad can it be? And then you just like, but it's so good, and they're so sweet and so high in calories. And oh my gosh! Yeah, that was how that was how that happened. I I was like, well, these have got to be plant based. You know, I mean, that's how little research I've done or I had done. And uh, it was actually the pandemic is where I started really beefing up on my research and learning and taking in information and finding groups and finding support and all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, uh, but yeah, dried mangoes—they're—they're they're the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, I I I like them, but I I agree I agree they're not they're they're not on my list anymore. I had to I had to. Because we were going to the farmer's market and they had them in the dried, the tubs of all like the dried grains and the dried fruit and some gluten-free pastas or brown rice pasta and there was dried mango in the tub and I was like, this looks excellent. And then <laughs> and then every week when we'd go, I'd have to buy like a big bag of it and I'd just eat it in the car on the way home and yeah, it was a disaster. Yeah, that was we were we would buy a bag once a week at Costco, and then it was no get two bags, and then it was no get three bags, and I went, no, we have to stop. I think I put I think I put back on ten pounds, ten or fifteen pounds when I did that. Yeah, yeah. It was like six weeks. It was not good. So totally understand, and it's good to point out that I think I mentioned this every episode, but I mean that it's. We ju- you can just you can slip up and trip up very easily. Like if you add in peanut butter and pieces and wedges of apple, if you add in peanut butter and dates, if you make too many bliss balls and desserts from Chef AJ or whoever, you know. <laughs> often for me, I think, oh, well, Chef AJ is making it. I can eat it, you know. Or if it's in the fo- yeah. if it's in the Engine Two cookbook, it's calorie free. <laughs> Yeah, that, no, that's exactly. It. I make these. Uh, uh, I make these uh, peanut butter, oatmeal, uh, chocolate chip, date paste cookies. This is and, what I uh, make. This is what I, Kevin. You are looking into my pantry. This is our our, fa- uh, our family's favorite. And I make them with bananas. And uh, oh man, I uh, like. I, I get into a trap where I'll eat a whole batch, and luckily somehow I don't gain weight when I eat them. But I also I stall, I stall yeah, out big. Yeah, they I, stall I have you. Them. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I hear Not you with them. Not recommended. So before we do, you, do you have a Facebook page or do you have a blog or anything set up, or are you just cruising along, not doing that yet, but maybe one day? No, I have a I have an Instagram that I started about a year ago, and it's at four four five t o two hundred. So it's all together, and it's the numbers four four five t o two hundred. So for so my goal is to eventually get to two hundred pounds. One little thing that I I really wanted to say uh, back there was to me 
uh, in this blog that I, or this this Instagram is I really try to harp on health and take weight out of the equation. I don't really weigh myself very much now, and I try to keep saying that in my uh, Instagram posts. Like this is not this is this is a health battle more than anything, you know. Yes, and that's really true for me as well. Even though I'm still, it is still for me a there's still a weight loss component in, in the journey. Like I've, I've gotten to a place where I'm quite content, but there's a bit, there's more that I'd like to achieve. Um, but when you, when you're quite heavy, like, you know, for me, I was, I don't know what it is in pounds, but I was over a hundred kilograms and that was too heavy for me. And then, you know, anything under a certain amount was a win. And so then you're like, then it's very quite easy to, oatmeal cookie plateau for several years because you're like this is still great compared to what I was <laughs> and because I had multiple yeah. sclerosis and I had fibromyalgia and depression and constipation and candida and you know a whole heap of much more terrifying health concerns that 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 were gone I was like I've won the lottery you know I've won the lottery but I'm still paused on a, on a on a number on the scale that I know I would perform my runs better if I lost a bit, but I'm still so high on life from the results I've already achieved that I can let myself engine two cookbook cookie myself into a plateau for quite a while. <laughs> well, and I think I think it's easy too, and I I think you're right. Uh, you going back to I always tell people I feel like you you to get to where we're at you sometimes feel like you have to win the lotto but uh you also i i'm appreciative i when i'm struggling that's when i tell myself to be appreciative and just go you've made it this far just appreciate it if you're struggling which you know everybody struggles and i and i think that's the thing um that so many people have said to me is that, man, you just seem like it just fell right off. And, and I'm like, well, it did, I guess in a sense, but there's still a struggle there. And it's even within plant-based, um, you can still be a hundred percent plant-based and still be struggling with the items that you're eating or you're overeating certain things. And, and people don't realize that it's a constant battle. It is, I mean, in my mind, it's a constant battle. Oh, yeah, so. it is, it is, it is, it is for me too, in a way. And I guess the thing is, is that you're making, I always think about jo- Josh Lejourney. He really made things clearer for me in my mind about, well, firstly, being appreciative, being like, yes, it isn't about perfection. It's about just dusting yourself off and getting back up every single meal, every single choice going okay this that wasn't that wasn't the choice i wish i had have made but overall i'm still making majority positive choices and positive changes and that those positive changes even if they're not perfect positive changes are still taking us the right way on our health on our health journeys and to not be so harsh on ourselves cuz i think that like you you see other people on this road and you think, oh, they must never make a mistake. They must never slip up or have a beer or, you know, do whatever it is that you're doing. And perhaps they're saints, but I think that for many of us, <laughs> for many of us flawed humans, 
<laughs> perfectly imperfect humans, you know, it's just about dusting ourselves off and, and making a different choice next time around. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think it, it's, it's imperative to not be hard on yourself. And I, and going back to when people, I still, when I go out to eat, I, I eat out in restaurants still, uh, you know, a couple times a week. And uh, people, because I live in such a small town, they're like, oh, but you can't have that. I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, I'm still 90% of this meal is fruits and vegetables. So, yeah, I can't have that. It was, if it's got a little bit of cheese sprinkled on it. Yeah, I mean, I'd prefer it not to, and most of the time now, every restaurant in town knows not to put that kind of stuff on my my meals. But you know, I'm not going to die tomorrow by doing it. I'm still. It's a battle every day to. Well, do I want to go out to eat with my family, or do I want to just never go out to eat with my family? I would prefer to go out to eat with my family, and I'm going to make the best possible choice I can. I'm not going to beat myself up over it. I'm going to go enjoy my family and not be pissed about the meal I just had. And if you can get in that mindset, which can be really hard to do because a lot of people think, well, I, I screwed up, you know, don't, don't think that just think I'm doing this so I can have fun time with my family. And, you know, I'm making the best choice I can at this meal. I think that's, the most important key. Yeah, I think even though as people who are listening who are like devote, devote, plant-based, 100% plant-based people, I am 100% plant-based, but I do say to people who aren't, who are on, who are starting and they're working with me or doing coaching with me, I always say, look, if you're going to, if you're going to do the thing that you think, you're going to make the choice that you know isn't, in alignment with your health journey that's not quite 100% whole food plant-based or, it's, or it is but it's higher in fat or it's higher in salt or it's higher in sugar or it's got refined grains, if you're 100% committed to making that choice, really just own it and love it and really taste the food and really feel it on your tongue and eat it really consciously and mindfully with appreciation because then well firstly you firstly you get to enjoy it. and I find that when you actually enjoy the foods that you're like your beer and you actually taste it you tend to want them less because you've allowed yourself like I know myself sometimes when you're on before this and you're sneaking junk food like you were I was many people on the show have been when you're kind of eating it at home alone, your wife's, you know, I'm eating it out of, the, out of the pantry, you know, you're eating, you shove it in, you eat it mindlessly in a rush and then slam the cupboard door shut and walk away wiping the crumbs from your mouth. I feel like it doesn't go into your mind that you've even had it and you're much more likely to want it again and again and again because you want to fill up that experience of tasting it, which you'd miss because you're racing through it guiltily, you know, in a dark corner somewhere. Yeah. But if you own it and you're so eating true. it in public and you're eating it slowly and you're really savoring it, I feel like you're much less likely, likely to get it again the next day or want it again in 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm a 98% plant-based eater. And by, and by saying 98%, I mean 2% of the time I have to make a choice of, am I going to sit here and not have lunch with these people or am I, you know what I mean? Like, um, I still work, and so 
when I'm out to lunch and someone picks a lunch, I'm like, ooh, well, I hope they have the best choice there. I'm going to make the best choice there. It, when I'm home and doing everything in my power, I'm 100% plant-based. And I think if you live to that standard, and and you're absolutely right. Um, for example, yesterday I had a black bean burger, um, but they brought it on a bun, and I had part of the bun. And I just sat there and went, I haven't had a bun in 18 months. <laughs> you know, so I'm just going to enjoy it. And I never once felt like it tripped me up. I never once felt like it, it did me in. I just went, yeah, I'm not going to eat that again. And honestly, it tastes bad. It, it tastes fake. It tastes fake. That's the thing. It does. That's the thing. It tastes no good. And like when you, when you really sit down and taste it, you're like, oh, my God, my tongue is coated in oil. Yeah. Pandemic, our family in the pandemic, we got, rather than getting our normal, this just this stir fry from um, the takeaway, pretty low fat, we started ordering this tofu dish, which was like deep fried tofu, like bad. Like the kids wanted to try this tofu and I was like, it's pandemic, it's chili tofu, like it's, sure. And we all tasted it and we were all like, oh my God, this is so salty, so fatty, so, but like crispy on the outside, soft on the inside. And the flavor was really, really good. And we got it and all of us were like, ate it. And all of us were like, like my tongue felt just, and my taste buds were overwhelmed. Our tummies felt sick. Like all of us literally said, kids even were like, let's never get that again. (laughs) I said yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's the that's the other thing you just you don't you don't want to do it because like when you're out to eat you're like I don't want to eat this stuff because I don't want to feel like crap tomorrow, you know? I mean that's that's what that's why you become 100% plant-based eventually is because you're like I just don't want to feel like junk tomorrow, you know? And I don't want the stomach problems. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, Kevin, it's been so lovely chatting with you. And if you're listening, I apologize. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I apologize if I'm a bit all over the place today. I feel I'm feeling the heaviness of the pandemic while we're recording this today. And I'm a bit tired. I felt very tired (laughs) today. (laughs) Like like the lead of the universe is on my head. So I'm a bit all over the place. But it's been really nice chatting with you. And before you go, I just wanted to ask you your top three tips for anyone who is at the beginning of their own health journey? The first off is take it slow. Don't do it. Don't think you need to lose all the weight in five days. And secondly is find a good support group, which I think Instagram has some great uh, pages to follow, some great people to follow. Uh, You talked about Josh. I follow him and he's a huge inspiration. And I think thirdly is just try just try implementing one meal a day plant based just try just just do anything in your power to to just change the tide a little bit you don't have to it doesn't have to be right away i'm it's funny i i, I posted all this uh, stuff on the colin uh, campbell dr campbell's uh page there and so many people reached out and said, I've been 50% this long, this long. Just work on going 50 to 60% to 70%. Don't, don't think it's got to be all done at once. I was never there. The first three, four months, I was a 50, 60% plant-based person. So 
it takes time. It's a lifestyle. It's forever. It is not, it is not just a one month cure. It is a forever cure. And it's, and if you really, really love and want to protect your body, then you'll, you'll figure out a way to make it a lifestyle. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love your tips, taking it slow. I think for many people, it's just a way to go. And I think it's so easy when we look at influencers on social media to think, oh, but look, you know, they're, they're doing X, but you don't know where they came from. You know, you think that they're only having, they're only having, you know, bananas or they're only having whatever, yeah. and you have to just immediately jump to where they are today, but they, they came from somewhere else. So not, not that I'm recommending you go and eat only bananas, but I'm just saying <laughs> often we look at Instagram and see someone who's only already, you know, only having sprouts and sprouted everything and kale and they're only having like really like clean, perfect foods, but you're not seeing the whole picture. So give yourself a break no. and put yourself, do it based on where you are at and what is possible and not something that feels, if you're someone who has really incredible inner strength and determination, you've made the decision and you can do it, then go go for it. But for many of us, it's about adding in heaps of the foods that we like that are whole plant foods and crowding out the foods that we used to also love, but no is no longer serving us. Yeah, and I and uh, I I just think it's I, I think it's if you listen to your body. For me, it was I would have a little bit of steak, and the next day my stomach would just be in fits, and I would go, okay, well this is obvious that I have to cut steak out. I have to cut meat out. I mean, it just. You just as you implement more and more fruits and vegetables, your body's going to start telling you, "Hey, you don't like cheese. Trust me, this is you don't feel good." So, you, it just it just naturally happens over time if you really believe in the process. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if you've ever watched. There's a show called It Crowd. I'm not saying it's great, but it's just silly. It, anyway, it's just a little nerdy show about two comedian nerds in a downstairs IT department of a business thing, you know, and regularly when they get called up for IT support from everyone else that lives, works in the building, they just say, have you turned it on and off again, <laughs> off and on again, <laughs> like for every problem, they turn it off and on again. And I feel like many of our bodies stopped telling us, like stopped, we stopped reading the messages that were bloating, gas, discomfort, headaches, those things. They started sending us weight gain, obesity, you know, sleep, you know, all these bigger symptoms. And we just started saying that's just aging. <laughs> yeah. But our bodies literally need us to turn them off and on again as far as so that we can hear the messages again. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, we need no, a reset. We need a reset because – We've it's so far confused about how to be, act as a human body that it needs to be cleaned out and started again. Yeah, it's like the equivalent of I look at it now as if I went right back to eating the same way I ate. It's like the equivalent of being drunk all the time because you you're in such a fog that you have no clue. Like I would sit I, I sit here now and I'm like I don't like I I told you earlier I had two beers last weekend. 
I, I literally had to sit and think if I really wanted to drink those beers because I knew I wasn't going to feel good. You, you just, your body, you don't realize this, the warning signs your body's giving you. It's screaming at you when you're not eating well. And it, it all kind of comes rushing back to you though. When you are eating well going, Oh my God, my body was telling me this the whole time. I just never saw it, you know. I, never I wonder heard if it. that is. I know it's probably not because I know that the oil and the fat are all clogging up all the veins. But you know, when you think about it, it's like your it's like your brain just cast a dim just to get through. Like, oh god, they're making that choice now. Oh god, <laughs> like <laughs> they're gonna eat that now. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for. Like, I know yeah. that it's not that, but it feels. You can imagine your brain just going, oh, why bother? They're, they're going to continue to make these choices. I'm just going to not turn on for the next 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that's how it feels. I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, you don't realize, I mean, like in my case, I had sciatic nerve. I had uh, uh, sleep apnea. I mean, I had so many, I had uh, IBS, I believe I never got diagnosed for it, but uh, but I, I know I had it. Um, and it's like, you just look at those and go, well, that's just, you know, that's just the way it's always been. My mom had it or my dad had it. It's like, no, 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 you have it because you eat like crap. And that's, you know, and that's your body's way of like, it's a flashing warning light going, Hey man, something's not right. Like I had a uh, severe heartburn that I was taking medication for. Shouldn't ne- you know, I haven't had heartburn since I went plant-based. I mean, yeah. that yeah. alone. Yes. That alone, I know it's amazing. It's amazing, and that the the clarity of mind is just as you say. I think there's a lot of people who don't know that they are type A personalities naturally until they're eating cleaner, and then they're like, "Oh, I, I, I have a lot. I'm a lot more type A than I realized." Yeah, yeah, and I, I think too, I was maybe type A, but I was fat, so I would cover it up with just eating crap to cure my emotions, you know, and now that I'm thin, I can go after it and I feel physically and mentally better and fit to go after it. So yeah, it's, it's all, it's all interesting. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you, Kevin. Thank you so much for coming on the no, show. Thank you, Corinne. I really appreciate it. It was wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kevin, for coming on the show. Thank you all so much for listening and tuning in this week. I I hope that that was inspiring to you. Kevin's story was really inspiring to me, and I'm so glad that he's out there living his best life and feeling amazing and sharing sharing his journey with with the world and with you and me, which was wonderful. So that was an absolute gift. And next week, next week on the show, you'll be listening to my story, a different, slightly different version of my story, but some more of my story because the wonderful Dr. Laurie Marbus and I were meant to swap episodes, but we didn't get a, we didn't get enough time to do both. So she interviewed me for her podcast and I still have to interview her for my podcast, but I just thought perhaps you'd like to hear my story again, <laughs> different, 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 slightly differently said and told, but it's always a pleasure that hasn't been told for a, a while, I guess. Episode 36 was the last time I told my story. So this is a, yeah, a different version where I'm being interviewed rather than me just sitting there rambling, um, being interviewed by the wonderful and kind, generous, empathetic, talented, 
wise Dr. Laurie Marbus. So if you haven't heard her podcast, she is on Healthy Human Revolution podcast. So definitely check her out and I'll be on her show sometime in the future. But if you'd like, this episode will be out next week. So yeah, so we'll be hanging out with Laurie and I, which was just a great, great, wonderful day for me. And I look forward to hanging out with her again and sharing her story on the show. All right. Thank you. Please, again, go follow Kevin at 445 to 200 and have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Bye. Bags are packed. Are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road. Riding with you in the sunnier day.